Welcome everyone to a new episode of Movies and Brews, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm your host Jordan, and sitting with me here is Daniel. Hello, hello. So today we're talking the new Brian Cranston film, The Upside. Also starring Kevin Hart and Nicole Kidman. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's talk some movies! Cheers! Cheers! Welcome, Daniel. How are you doing today? No, I'm doing great. How about yourself, Jordan? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. It's been a good week. I haven't had any rain for a few days, and I've just been loving the vitamin D. Yeah, I know. It's uh, been delightful. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we start talking the movies here, why don't we talk about what we're drinking? This week was Daniel's week to bring something. Daniel, what did you bring for a drink and tell? Okay. Well, I brought this seasonal brew by Ecliptic Brewing. It's called Luna, and it's a collage-style ale. And, you know, I keep... I keep seeing this at the store, and I, for some reason, kept passing it over, but today I'm like, well, I haven't even had that, and I've been interested, so I brought it in today, so what do you think? I like it. No, I gotta say, this is really good. It's a nice, lighter beer than we've had, um, usually, because we've been doing a lot of winter ales lately. I know. Um, It's good. Yeah, no, it has a really weedy taste to it, Mm -hmm. and it's just, uh, no, it is a lot lighter. I think it's only like 5.2%. Pretty light, so. Good, yeah, and this would definitely be something for a nice, hot summer day, too. I know. It's kind of weird that it's a uh, seasonal for the winter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know. It's pretty good, so go check it out. Luna by Ecliptic. All right. Well, shall we get into some movies we saw this week? Yes. Or news first? Uh, let's do our movie recap. I saw four, five movies this week. Oh, wow. Well, you definitely need to go first then. All right. Well, first, I the first thing I'm going to go over is, Jordan, you assigned me The Social Network. That's right. Our bets from last week. And I watched it, and it was the worst movie I ever saw. Okay. Combo. Not not really. Combo. Not really. It was actually, you know, I wasn't, I was kind of dragging my feet. Like, I actually just watched this today on my lunch break. Not even kidding. So I watched it today because I was kind of dragging my feet because I'm like, oh, it's just going to be boring. Did you have a two-hour lunch? Well, I mean... I, I get not so busy towards the end of the day. That's how I essentially finished watching it today. At least, okay, I didn't watch all of it. I finished watching it today. But I was kind of dragging my feet leading up to watching the movie. Because I'm like, the social network. And I'm like, I'm just like, this isn't really something that I thought I would like. But I was wrong. Pleasantly surprised for like how kind of mundane it seems like a story would be about some kids who write a program and become billionaires. There's a lot of ins and outs to it. And one thing that I did not know going, well, actually, I didn't know anything going in besides this was about Facebook. But I didn't know uh, Justin Timberlake's character was supposed to be the guy who created Napster. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know Andrew Garfield was there. But when this movie came out, Andrew Garfield wasn't anybody. And he's still debatable, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But I, I liked his career swung up. I think he did a great job in this movie, actually. Yeah, he, he, he's good. Um, I enjoyed the twin characters. They get a little bit, they kind of got on my nerves when they kept finishing each other's sentences. I'm like, all right, come on, you're twins, right? Like, this isn't how twins usually act. At least I don't think so. But I digress. It was pretty interesting. It had me going. Um, when Justin Timberlake actually showed up, I think I got more interested in the movie and how he's just like a, he's kind of like a huckster. He's good in this. Yeah. Like, he is really good in this. No, he, he was. And, you know, I'm, 
Oh, one of the main things that I was surprised about how it tells the story mostly through, uh, not court, but lawyer debates and lawyer interviews. Mm-hmm. And then it does like little flashbacks, which I thought was really cool. And it also shows that this isn't just like four friends got together, created Facebook and became billionaires. It's, oh, each person got screwed over. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, incredibly. Well, I mean, until they get settlements, I guess. But even still, that's still pennies uh, to how much Facebook is worth now. I think at the end of the movie, it said like ten billion, and that was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago or nine? When did this come out? Two thousand ten. So nine years ago now. I thought it came. Out, I think it came out twenty ten, twenty eleven. So like this was almost a decade ago. So I'm pretty sure it's worth a lot more now. Well, they they all the advertising was for five hundred million friends. Now it's like well over in the couple billions now. Yeah, exactly. So. I don't know. It was more than I expected, and I was way more into it than I thought I would be. I don't know. I was just pleasantly surprised. I was into it from start to finish. Uh, I don't know. I just I really enjoyed it. Quick piece of trivia for you: the Winklevoss twins. Not played by twins. That was one actor. I was wondering about that. Because yep. there are very little shots where they're both in the same shot. Army Hammer? And he does a good job of these dudes. Oh, that was Army Hammer? Yeah. Okay, I saw him in the credits, but I wasn't sure who he was. Yeah, he's the twins. Okay, all right. Yeah, the, I love this movie. It's probably... So I, I missed it originally when it came out in theaters. I, I rented it immediately when it was like first available for Redbox and then I loved it so much I went out and bought it and I've seen it probably half a dozen times just everything from yeah just the storyline to the acting David Fincher's directing is great in this the score is amazing I love the score to this yeah I know the Trent Reznor did it and yep. at least one other guy I think I don't know Atticus Ross Atticus Ross yeah so I, I noticed that you let me know that before we watched it, but I did see the credits. Well, yeah, I, th- I think it's good. So I guess I'll go next. So Daniel assigned me the film Pacific Rim last week. So yes. The first for, one. The first one. The everybody. first one. Yeah. For some reason, I just didn't get around to seeing it. I wanted to see this when it was in theaters and just didn't get around to it. I can't believe this came out in 2013. I, I thought it was, I can't believe it was that old already. Well, I mean, Social Network came out before, and I hadn't seen that, so... True. I say, overall, this movie was a lot of fun. Was it, like, this groundbreaking, amazing film? Actually, it kind of was. I mean, visually, a little bit. Oh, visually, yeah. I mean, I loved it. I mean, the concept is great. Giant robots versus giant monsters. What's there not to like? They have some good battle sequences in it that I enjoyed. Like, I especially love the one where he's... I think it was in the middle of the movie. After they duke it out with one monster for a little bit... They're separated for a period of time, and then you see the one guy dragging that ship behind him and just starts wailing on him with the ship. I thought that was awesome. No, yeah, it's just, it's essentially what blockbusters are for. It is. And this was a very good one. I really don't have any complaints. It's just a good, fun movie. I think my only complaint was I think the guy, they should have sacrificed the main character at the end. I forget his name, but they should have sacrificed him at the end. Because the chances of his pod, after all of a sudden done his pod getting back to the surface, very unlikely. So he should have just died down there as a hero. Yeah. I mean, they didn't even put him in the sequel, so... But I'm pretty sure that's actually because he was busy with King Arthur. Oh, God. Because it was Charlie Hunnam. (laughs) So... Okay, but otherwise, yeah, not too many complaints. It's a good, fun movie. I enjoyed watching robots kick monsters' asses, and it was a lot of fun. I know. As long as you don't expect anything more than that, you're going to have a great time. And is it uh, Bill Pullman? His character was great. I liked his character. Who's Bull Pillman? Is, uh, is, is it Bull Pillman? Is that the scientist guy that you're talking about? 
Oh, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah, no. Hannibal Chin Chow. I don't remember yeah. what it's called. But yeah. But yeah, his character was pretty funny in An this. An eccentric gangster. But I enjoyed it. Idris Elba, good as always. Yeah, no. He's great. I'm, I'm just... It's a fun movie. But yeah, I figured a lot of our audience probably have seen it, but if you haven't, I would say check it out. I'm not going to give anything away, but I would just say if you haven't seen it, it's worth watching. All right, what's next on your list here, Daniel? All right, well, I went to a double feature yesterday, uh, and I saw a... Well, it's essentially one whole storyline, but uh, DC animated the animation studio put out a double feature of The Death of Superman... And then the reign of the Superman, which I guess is like one whole big comic arc that happened back in the 90s. Interesting. And that's what gives us black haired, uh, black long haired, black suited Superman from the 90s. Just straight up 90s angst. That's cool. But um, and that's what was rumored to be in Justice League is Superman with a black suit after coming back from being quote unquote dead. Which would have been awesome. Would have been cool. But, you know, uh, animations... I mean, the animated DC movies are usually pretty solid. Their older ones are still their better ones, but these are still miles above what they've done with their live action. And, you know, yeah. it's just a bunch of fun. Uh, I saw it with my girlfriend. I dragged her to it because I told her that's what I want to do for my birthday. So she had to. Oh, well, happy birthday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Woo. so I saw Death of Superman and Reign of Superman. It was it was a lot of fun. I mean, the Reign of the Superman was actually brand new. I don't think it's even out yet on DVD. But, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Just classic cartoons. You well, get to see it. Always, even cartoons. It's fun to go see that stuff on the big screen. I remember when I saw Batman Mask of the Fanta- Phantasm. Oh, that would have been awesome. In the theater. And, yeah, that was so awesome in the theaters. Yeah. that No, that would have been awesome. Like I said, it's just, it's just fun. It's comic booky. <laughs> there's some cheese in it, but there's also a little bit more violence than you would think. I had a great time. And my girlfriend had a tolerable time, but I, she said it was fun. Do you have another one, Jordan? Or do uh, I need to keep going? No, yeah. The only movies I saw this week were the main one we're going to discuss, The Upside, and Pacific Rim. Yeah. All right. Otherwise, what? I don't know. Have you, I, I want to wait till you've seen it to discuss it. Have you seen Buster Scrubs yet? <laughs> no. All right. Well, then let's wait till you watch that, then we'll talk about that sometime. Okay. Now, the last thing I saw, because, you know, two Superman movies, social... Well, social media. Social network, which is good. And then the last one I saw was I got around to watching that Black Mirror Bandersnatch interactive movie. And I got to say, um, it was really kind of freaky. It kind of tripped me out. I watched this one with my buddy Connor, and we were slightly intoxicated when we watched it. And Black Mirror is not a light show, so it gets real dark real fast. But as the added stakes to how we played it, because there's two uh, there's two options for every choice. So we just flipped a coin every time and just saw where, and just tried to see where the movie took yeah, us. What did they do? Like I think I read somewhere like 500 minutes or something they recorded for this. Yeah, I think there's five whole storylines, and it was recorded from A to B in every storyline. They didn't just go through each scene. And record the different possibilities. I've heard. I've heard. I need to check this out. That it's very interesting. I got to be honest. I've not seen any Black Mirror yet. I'm a little behind the times, I guess. I mean, it's a crazy show. But uh, I heard like the default runtime is an hour and a half. And with our choices, I mean, we were just flipping a coin every time it came up just to see where it would go. And we got caught in a couple loops where we had to make a manual choice to get out of the loop. Mm-hmm. But overall, it worked out pretty well. I think our t- we timed it, and our total runtime was just about an hour and a half. Okay. 
So it was interesting. We had a lot of fun. Um, it gets pretty dark, and you see some disturbing things, as Black Mirror is akin to. But, you know, I think it's worth a shot. It may not be amazing, but it's hmm. pretty good. I'll have to check that out sometime. All right. Is that it for your movies this week? Uh, yes. All right. Well, why don't we get into the news here, Daniel? Daniel, share some news with us. All right. Well, I had to take a big, long chug because, Jordan... You know, I'm going to dedicate this new segment to just one thing in news that I want to bring attention to. And that is the fact that, you know, that wonderful Star Wars fan film that we saw, the Mm -hmm. uh, Shards of Vader? Yep. Okay. So the guy who made that put out a video today and I was like, oh, oh, you saw it? Yep. Okay. Well, this is what I want to talk about. In case you haven't heard, we mentioned on a previous episode, but this, uh, this YouTube channel called Star Wars Theory made a vader fan film and it both jordan and i both watched it's like 15 20 minutes long and it's really great it just kind of gets you re-excited about star wars yeah it's i mean especially for a fan film super well done very impressive uh yeah i loved it i mean he took his time to just everything from the cinematography he took his time with this yeah and put his heart into it you can tell i know we can tell and it like i said like i was i've been over star wars for the last couple movies but this kind of Got me back to why I love Star Wars and how much fun it can be. Well, so this guy, he like he made a fan film, and as you do with fan films, like you can't make money off of them, you can't monetize. And I guess before he even started, he contacted Lucasfilms, and yeah, you know, like went through like all of the things that he needs to do to make sure he stays in line, so there won't be any problems. Fast forward to today, he this the creator, uh, the run the person who runs. Star Wars Theory put out a video today that Disney copyright copyrighted copyright struck his YouTube video and essentially so a video that had no monetization had no ads in it it was just so people could watch and fans could enjoy it now has ads in it and all of the proceeds go directly to Disney yep and you know it hurt to watch that video because you can see how let down and how upset oh, he is. He looked like he was about to tear up at the end of that. Yeah, and it's I just, was watching closely. It really looked like his eyes were starting to water a little bit towards the end of that. I know, and it just hurts your heart for Star Wars because I'm like, this is a guy who delivered to the fans what fans would want to see, right. and then Disney just kind of rips that away yeah. from. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, I'm not surprised by this by any means. I mean, Disney is a powerhouse. I don't know. Like he said, it had to do something with the song. Yeah, I even though he composed it himself. Yeah, it said. I guess they claimed it as the variation to the Imperial March was a the variation was a little bit too was too close, so they copyright struck it. God, I hope that's the right term. It sounds ridiculous it, when I say ridiculous it. It's ridiculous to think that they're gonna make money off of this now, off of his effort, and he's gonna get nothing for it. And really, to Disney, that's just pennies. Exactly. No, that's exactly that's what, it. That's what pisses me off the most. Instead of this being hit, launching his budget for his next film because he wants to do a part two, Disney's taking all that now. And for what? Just for a few extra dollars that they missed out on? Essentially, just essentially, Disney just flexed this fan film. It's like, hey, we're Disney and we can do what we want. And you're not making money off of this, so like, we're going to monetize it. You made a better it. movie than we? Oh, no, you don't. Yeah, and it just, it breaks your heart. As a Star Wars fan, maybe even as somebody who just respects creative people trying to be creative. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know, it just really bums me out and makes me not want to watch any Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how realistic that is. There's been, I know, especially when we do a movie podcast on avoiding all the Disney movies since they are 
they got their hands in themselves. Marvel, Pixar, Star Wars. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to, if nothing else, just out of respect for Star Wars theory, you don't have to do this, Jordan, but I'm going to make my announcement. I will not be seeing episode nine. Well, I've already thought about boycotting it, but what I'll probably do, again, since we do the podcast, is buy a ticket to something else, so something else gets the profit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we might do that. That's probably what I'll end up doing, is just, (laughs) so Disney doesn't get the profit of my ticket. All right, we might do that, because I probably should see it for the podcast, but I don't want to give Disney my money, especially on their Star Wars properties. No, I hear that. I hear that. But, you know what, um... We're just a small, small podcast, but you know what? Go check out Star Wars Theory on YouTube. Watch Vader Shards of the Past. <laughs> I think it's called Vader Shards of the Past. Perfect. Watch that. Give that guy some love, because he actually gives a shit. Oh, actually gives a crap about Star Wars. It's beautiful. I love it. It's good. All right. Anything else in the news today? Uh, that was really just my big thing. I just wanted to pull that to the focus. All right. I got one. Okay. Go ahead, Jordan. So, so it sounds like... I forget the name of the studio already, but they've reached an agreement with Mattel, and the Barbie movie is moving forward, and Margot Robbie is attached to play Barbie. What oh. Are you, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are, okay, Margot Robbie, Mar- Margot Robbie. Margot. Yeah, I mean, she's blonde, she's... Beautiful. She's beautiful, I guess. Um, I guess. I guess. She's not really my type. I, I, I she can't... is a doll. All right, well, I'm just saying. Not no pun my, intended. Not my... <laughs> Well, she she's all right. Okay? She's all right. You know, I know. I had not heard about that, but I could see that being a good fit. Probably not going to be a great movie, but I bet she made bank on it. Or, well, she will make Well, bank. I'm wondering if she'll step on as a producer, too, because, like, she's got a good enough career. She's in good movies for the most part, so I would hope she wouldn't be in just a downright terrible movie like this. So I'm wondering I mean, if she'll... you say that, but she was in Suicide Squad. Well, she played her character, at least. So, when again, so she was a producer on I, Tonya. She had a lot to do with that. So, again, I, I, I'm hoping she steps in as a producer and has some say. Because I think she will help deliver a really decent story that even us might even check out for the podcast. We'll see. Yeah, not hold my breath, because it's a Barbie movie. But, yeah, I think she's the right one for the role, though. Okay, yeah. Well, I could see. I mean, she looks the part. And, I mean, for a Barbie movie, I think that's all. All right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. One more thing before we wrap up movie news. And the Star Wars thing was the main thing I wanted to cover, but I also saw today a movie that was on both of our top five lists, but, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, Mission Impossible Fallout. The director, Christopher McQuarrie, has signed on to the direct and write, I believe, the next two Mission Impossible movies. So we're getting at least two more, which is fine with me. Yeah, he's kind of becoming, I want to say, the David Yates of this franchise, which David Yates did the last four Harry Potter movies. Okay. Like, once they found a director, it, it worked? Yeah, I mean, I, I think all of them have something special about him. But yeah, David Yates stepped in and did, you know, the last four. And I thought he did a fine job with those movies. Yeah, I would say so. I just I had just seen all of them recently. And, you know, enjoyable movies. They do get better as they continue. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, he's kind of become the David Yates, if you will, of this franchise, it looks like. Because originally, Cruz was having a different director for every movie. And then after Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, he decided to bring him back for Fallout. Now he's back for two more movies. Back for two more. You know, if they want to continue this and the movies kick as much ass as Rogue Nation and Fallout, go for it. Yeah, no, seriously. Fallout was awesome. Rogue Nation, also really good. So yeah, if you find something that works and mixes well with Tom Cruise's style, then yeah, let's do it. I'm into it. 
Yeah, and I would love if they would bring back... Um, I don't know if I want to see her in a spinoff yet, but I would love if they brought back... Um, uh, what? I feel like you're thinking of the thief from the second one. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, the MI6 agent? Yeah. Okay. I, I, keep, I hope they bring her back for more of this stuff, because I really enjoy her. No, she's good in those movies, too. I, I like her character. Yeah, I mean, it, let's, if it's up to me... I would seriously have a movie, the next either Mission Boss movie or the next Bond movie would be Ethan Hunt teaming up with Daniel Craig's James Bond. How sweet would that be in a movie? That would be awesome. If, that done, would right, be... if done correctly, like good writing, good directing, which I would probably just pull in Christopher uh, McQuarrie. How do you say his last name? McQuarrie? McQuarrie? McQuarrie, I think. Okay. Again, King and Butcher names. But yeah, if they brought him back and a good writer, that would be the ultimate spy action flick. It would, I mean, especially since Daniel's Craig is, uh, I don't know, it's gr- a lot more grounded. And, you know, MI6 is, they're pretty grounded. They do some over-the-top stunts here and there, but, I mean, they're pretty grounded stories, so I think they could fit together really well. Yeah, Bond's one of the only ones I allowed to do over-the-top stunts with. So, he's one of few, I should say. Yeah. That I allowed to get away with it. But, yeah, does that wrap it up for news here? Yep, that's, uh, that's all I got for this week on Movie News. Cool. All <laughs> right, well... Why don't we move into our main event here? So yeah, today we are talking the new film, The Upside, here, starring Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart and Nicole Kinman, written by John Hartmore, which I'm not too familiar with, and directed by Neil Berger. Overall thoughts here, Daniel. What are your overall thoughts? Um, my overall thoughts. I was kind of looking forward to this movie. I mean, I, I was looking forward to this movie. It looked they, the excuse me, they put out a good trailer for this. It looked uh. It looked endearing. It looked like it would be a nice little like kind of feel good movie. And so I went into that with that expectation. I think uh, I think that me- was met for better or for worse. And what do you think about it, Jordan? Um, overall, I liked it. So yeah, same with you. I, trailer looked fine, and I was like, yeah, it looks like it could be really good. I went into it. Uh, I enjoyed it overall. It's not Oscar bait by any means. It kind of reminded me of Green Book a lot. How. You know, two men from different pasts come together and form a friendship. Kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But I was actually surprised how many laughs there were. I actually laughed out loud quite a bit, more than I thought I would. I don't know, could it use a little more of the emotional side of things? Sure, but is it a bad movie? No, not by any stretch. No. But yeah, overall, I'd say I enjoyed myself quite a bit. I was a little confused, like, is this supposed to be a comedy or is this supposed to be more of a heartfelt drama? But... I mean, I think that's... They did a good job, I would say, mixing it, so... But yeah, my overall thoughts are, I thought it was a pretty decent movie. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially how I felt going in and watching it. Because, you know, the, and that's something I liked about it. Like, it seemed like the comedy wasn't egregious. It was it was actually pretty well done. There were a couple parts in there that I laughed out loud and a couple parts that the comedy didn't really land for me, but that's most movies, mm-hmm. you know. But I think that's... I don't know. I liked the comedy. I liked the character development and, I don't know, some... Some stuff they did with the characters I wasn't yeah. a fan of, but... I thought everyone in their roles were fun. I enjoyed Nicole Kidman. I haven't seen her in a while. Uh, Kevin Hart, I thought was fine. Actually, Kevin Hart's probably my favorite part of the movie. I, th- I, I enjoyed watching his character grow, if you will, throughout the whole process. I think so, too. Especially because going in, Kevin Hart has kind of like a typecast of... He gets really loud! And then he, he delivers the zinger. And either it works or it doesn't. But they kind of played that at the very beginning... Yeah. And then kind of move away from that for the rest of, like, as his character kind of progresses. So I did like that. I did like how he actually got away from his usual role. 
Yeah, and he did. I thought he did pretty good for all the like you know slower emotional you know the more dramatic stuff. I thought he was fine in that. Yeah, no, I thought he did a, a good job. And Cranston, he's great as always. Yeah, an acclaimed, probably national treasure at this point. Yeah, I would say so. So let's yeah, let's just talk some likes here. I got a list of some likes that I enjoyed about it. Okay. Again, I said, you know, Kevin Hart is Dell. I thought it was really good. I liked Phil challenging him throughout the movie. I really thought that was kind of nice. That kind of yep, grew their bond. Yeah, no, I did. I liked that too. Um, because Dell was his character. What was Brian Cranston's? Phil. Phil. Yeah, Phil Lacoste, I think is his last name. Lacoste, I think. Okay. We'll just call him Phil. Phil, yeah. Well, uh, I did like their relationship. I kind of like how it starts. Or I, I did really like how it starts where he hires him just to piss off his his assistant, I guess, or his CEO. Mm-hmm. Executive, I think it's what she's uh, Yeah, she, he calls her executive. You're right. Yeah. So I, I did like that. That was pretty funny to me. Um, let me see. As far as like... My likes, I did like Dell. He cracked me up. I liked his son too. He got didn't you know didn't have a lot of screen time, but I liked his character a little bit, and it really helps flesh out Dell's character. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out who that kid was, and he's the kid from Everything Sucks on Netflix. Okay, the the main uh, kid that like you know made the video for the girl. Yep. Okay. Because I was watching, I'm like, that kid looks really familiar. I'm like, Dustin, or not Dustin. Now that you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that was him. You're right. You're totally right. At first, I thought it was the kid from Stranger Things. I'm like, no, no, that's not it. But I was close with Netflix, but it is Everything Sucks. Okay. (laughs) I'm glad he found something else since that show got canned. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I liked his character. It kind of shows, like, the, like, kind of how Dell wants to be better for his son. And his son seems to be an honest kid. And he wants to be like that, to you know, for his son. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I liked, I liked his, uh, I guess, ex-girlfriend, baby mama. I enjoyed her, too. Small role again, but I thought she did really well. No, she did. She did do... Wait, I can't pronounce her. How do you pronounce her last name? A-J-A? Aha? Is that how you say that? A-J-A? Uh, yeah. Naomi King? Yeah, I thought she did really good. I can't think what I've seen her in that. I, I liked her in this, though. No, I did. Yeah, like again, small parts, but they really do a lot to help flesh out Dell's character mm-hmm. and really give him motivation. I mean, overall, it's basic story, but it worked. I thought they did good. I thought the comedy. It was a little again. There's a little more laugh out loud moments than I thought there'd be. It was less cheesy than I thought. For some reason, I thought it was gonna. Be, I guess it's just you know, release in January. I just expected it to be semi bad. Well, I mean, and I definitely expect a lot more cheese too. Again, just because of Kevin Hart's like comedy stuff, it's usually cheesy so yeah again it was pleasantly surprised that it like the cheese factor was way down there were a few cheesy moments but overall like i think it worked yeah i I thought it totally did i'm gonna throw a like that i wrote down or was the scene where uh dale gives phil a haircut that had me laughing a few times throughout that little montage when he was shaving his beard? Yep. Yeah, that was pretty funny. So that was a like for me. And also the party scene, which you also see that. I think you see that part in the uh, in the trailer as well. But I thought that whole entire scene was actually pretty well. And that really shows when the arc for the characters start to happen. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I thought that was a really effective scene. And I really liked that one as well. A lot to spoil this movie. I just don't want to give away any key parts yet. Pretty basic story. Like, Dell needs a job. He gets hired on by Phil's team to be a 
you know, full-time caretaker for him. Yeah, I think they call it a life auxiliary. Yeah, and he, he's like, is that like a... What does he ask the guy in the elevator? He's like, is that like a... Uh, uh, I think he... Because he goes in thinking it's a janitory. Like, ah, oh, is that what they call it these days? Yeah, I know. I thought that was funny because he just thinks that he's going in for a janitory position. But yeah, obviously this, you know, something like this is completely out of his um, comfort zone. So he, I mean, at first he doesn't want the job at all. He's like, uh, no, I just want my signature so I can take my parole officer so I don't go back to jail tomorrow. Yeah, no, I, I know. And I liked that too. I thought they did have a funny line that, I mean, don't think it's really spoiling anything, but uh, his, uh, oh my gosh, what is it? The secretary? Yvonne. Yvonne, yeah. Yvonne with a Y-V-O-O. I don't, I don't even know how you get that yep, name that's how I say it. Uh, Yvonne. I, used to, I used to work with Yvonne all right well I thought that was there is uh when he's trying to get the paper signed she's like do you need a signature or do you need a job he's like both but I'm assuming I can just get a signature here yeah it's like I don't think I'm qualified for this I just want a signature exactly so I thought that was kind of funny overall I, I, I don't know this wasn't like a super heartfelt like Oscar worthy drama by any means but I thought they just did a good job with the uh, relationships of the characters I thought Dell and Phil had a good relationship. I liked his relationship with his son. Trying to, you know, be a good dad. Trying to make up for the past. Trying to... Not that he wasn't necessarily trying to win over his mother. Um, his son's mom. Yeah. Baby mama. Win her over as far as, like, getting her back to be a girlfriend or anything. But at least win her over... So, far, he, so we can as see far his as she, son. she can trust him. So he can see his son. You know, just, like, win, get back in her graces, if you will. Back on her good side. Right, but not in like a phony kind of skeezy way. He does. No, he really just wants. It's for his son. He wants to see his son. So, um, let's do some dislikes now. As far as some dislikes go, I don't really have too many. I guess the only thing I I disliked about it is I think. I guess I wanted more of a good heartfelt drama. You know, kind of like last year's Star is Born. A little bit more to this. It had some of it, but I think it could have been more and better. I don't know how you go about getting that. I think more just that's just up to the director. Yeah, it and that's really my biggest dislike is well, it's, it's a perfectly fine movie. You know, it's enjoyable to watch in a theater. But it to me, when I was watching it, it felt like they were just going down the list of like comedy drama, just unlikely, unlikely friends. Check, check, and just going down the list is like oh, complications. Check, somebody, somebody in like somebody's life tries to I mean, gets tries to get fired. You know, they try and fire him, like, check, like, you know, they, they try to just go down the list and check off all the boxes for a movie like this, mm-hmm. which, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it does something to the to the detriment of the movie. Like, the trailer was incredibly well cut, and I thought it was going to be a little bit more on the heartfelt side, and I honestly, I think this movie would have benefited from taking a few more risks instead of going by the book. Yeah, I think a few more risks would have been pretty good for this, but it was still, I don't know, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm trying to think other things I liked. I love his collection of cars. He's got some newer cars and classic cars in there. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Of course, he's like, well, we're going to be selling these. And he's like, what? Yeah. I mean, we drive this van now. I mean, I'm in a wheelchair. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I'll, I'll tack on to what I just said about the dislikes. Well, I'm kind of not trying to pull punches, but I think this is, a, the movie itself is seems by the books, but I think that's also a perfect movie for Kevin Hart to start doing this type of role with. Yeah, I think so, too. If you want to transition a little bit to more, like, drama comedy kind of stuff, this is the way to go. Yeah. Definitely a good entry. Um, 
Let's see here. I guess this isn't one of my likes. Back to my likes list. I like the opera scene a lot. As far as I guess, well, I guess I can go with standout moments. I have that here. The opera scene. I for some reason I just like that. He because you know Kevin Hart's character is not an opera whatsoever, but he just takes him to opera anyway. There's just some good funny moments there. Like one you see in the trailers, he's like, you know, he wants to get you know find Phil a, a lady. He's like. How about her? You two got something in common. You can't move your body, and she can't move her face. Yeah, no, that's still... I know, I saw Linda Shaler too, and it still made me laugh in the theater. Yeah, I still laughed a lot in the theater. Well, it was, I don't know. He like said, I don't want to give too many jokes away, because there's a really funny moment in the opera, during the opera, too. I know, yeah, we don't want to spoil too much, because, but that was in the trailer, so that's okay. I guess, well, I don't know. All my other thoughts would kind of give stuff away, so I don't know if we should go into spoilers now. Uh, I'd say we can go into spoilers now, because, yeah, I have a couple of standout moments, but it is one of the funnier slash spoilery moments, yeah, so we well, should just Let's go, go into spoilers. So, yeah, why don't you share that moment with us if you want to? All right, well, my standout moment that I really liked is, af- I think it's after the opera, where Dell just gets really into opera, which is, gr- I love that for his character. I thought that was really fun. But then he gets inspired to start painting, and he paints this really bad painting. I don't remember the type of dog, but he makes this really weird, abstract, bright yellow painting of this dog and a cityscape, I think? Yeah. But it, it doesn't look good. It looks like a gigantic fifth grade mural. He just pick combs for the feet. Oh, Did yeah. I didn't, I didn't notice and that. And the dog's head is a cutout of a magazine. <laughs> I did notice that. So it's just this really ugly piece of art. But the standout moment comes from when Brian... It's at the birthday scene, too, where Brian Cranston's character, Phil, is talking to a neighbor that he absolutely despises. So he's just, like, talking up the pain. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I think it really stands for this and this and this. And then his neighbor's like, oh, oh, yeah, of, of course. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then he kind of just like talks it up so much that he sells it to his neighbor for 50 grand. And that was awesome. I thought that was hilarious because one, he already has established that he doesn't like this neighbor, so he does not care. But he's also, it's twofold. He's kind of taking a jab at his rich neighbor, but also, you know, like it turns out that that is the money. He gives that money to um, Dell to start a business. Mm -hmm. Well, that's something I like throughout this whole movie is he's trying to encourage him to you know, be an entrepreneur, you know, go out there and make something of yourself. And, you know, they he always, throughout the movies, throwing ideas at him. Well, what about this? How about this? How about this? And, yeah, it was kind of cool to see what he did with that $50,000 at the very end there. We won't get to that quite yet. Uh, I'm trying to think. So, back to the opera scene, as far as standout moments go. It just was a good scene, like, him learning about the opera, too. Like, when the guy comes out dressed like a tree, and he's just like, what on earth? <laughs> Is that guy a tree? Well, I know. Opera's very bizarre. Yeah. I think one of my favorite parts, though, is joke-wise, was when he was looking at, saw the gal like in her mid-40s or something um, sitting behind him, and he's like, hey, are you with that guy? And the guy's like 70, and she's like, yeah. And he's like, why? Yeah, I know. That, that got me laughing, too. I think that was one that worked really well with all of the people in my screening. Yeah, I don't know if I was just in a good mood today or what, but I laughed at a lot of jokes and like laughed out loud at a lot of stuff. No, I think you weren't alone. Like, this one should have been a should have been a totally lame joke that fell flat, but I laughed anyway. Is when the PT gal, uh, the physical trainer, yeah, she comes in and uh, uh, Dell's like, "Who are you?" And she's like, "I'm I'm the PT." And he's like, "More like PYT." <laughs> I know, shouldn't be that funny, but 
maybe it's the way um, Kevin Hart delivers the line. I was like, oh, that's good. I think that helps with part of it. Kevin Hart does have a obviously comedic sensibility. You know what PYT is, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. No, I don't. Uh, okay. Stands for pretty young thing. Oh, as soon well, as soon as I said no, I just, that came into my head. So yeah, I don't think I actually. It was just I'm the PT, more like PYT. Yeah. See, I didn't get that. In the screening, I'll admit that. But once I said it again with you, okay. I just I got. Yeah, that, that was just one of the yeah those shows that got me going. I don't know. There's I like. What did you think of Phil's date scene? That I was as far as if you want to go like kind of to a dramatic moment, that was where it kind of got a little deep right no, there. No, I agree. Like in, I felt so bad <laughs> during that scene because I'm just sitting there because the music really like they really set the mood that kind of. Yeah, the music got like dark there for a I know, second. I'm like, is she gonna try and kill him or something? Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. But it's the music in the in that scene clearly portrays her as not, or at least the whole scene is not gonna work out ideally. Right. What? It kind of sounded like she was gonna like flip a switch and just be a complete, like, just I was a complete waiting, nutter. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Like, I know, but that, yeah, in that scene, like, you know, he goes on this date and it sucks because that's such a, like, a groundbreaking part in well, the movie. Well, because she had Googled him, so she knew. There was no surprise, but of course you don't, you just don't know how you're going to handle it once you're there in person. You have all these ideas in your head, but you just don't know what's going to actually happen. They yeah. seem to enjoy themselves for a while, though, but yeah, it got a little deep and a little serious there towards the end. And of course, you know, hurt his feelings and he, he left abruptly. But yeah, that was, that was too bad. I don't know what was going to happen after that, but I do like where it led to at the end. I got to admit that. No, I did too. But yeah, that was probably one of the biggest... I guess, I guess since we're in spoilers, we can talk about the end. So one of my biggest standout moments was the end. I really enjoyed that quite a bit. So fires Dell, And it's kind of downhill after that for him for a little bit. Dell goes, you know, he buys his baby mom and son a home. Or at least rents out a really nice place. I don't know. If, I, guess, I guess it was bought. Was it? I don't know. Anyway, starts his own business up, which was really cool. Wheelchair manufacturer place. Yeah, the, like, yeah, he like starts producing wh- the wheelchairs that he kind of adjusted fills to be like a lot faster. Yeah, more faster. Some made so somebody can ride on the back, which I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, that's really. I thought that was a really cool. That was one of my favorite scenes too in the movie when they were like going through like Central Park and he's just riding on the back. I thought that was really fun. It, it was. Those were the feel good moments for sure. But yeah, so Yvonne is. I think it's you know, anyway. Dell gets called back. He grabs. Phil and they go for a drive. They show the drive scene at the beginning of the movie, which I actually thought was pretty funny too. Like, hundred bucks was I can lose him. <laughs> I know that was great, and then he doesn't. And then him faking a seizure <laughs> to get him out of there. So they, like, I just get this man to a hospital. What do you think we're gonna do? Wait for an ambulance? And then like I can get him there way quicker than this thing. They're driving a Porsche, by the way. Was that a Porsche? I thought it was a Ferrari. Was it? Ah oh, shit. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was a Ferrari, but well, I do it, like the line where they're like, we'll call an ambulance. You're like, you think an ambulance can get them there faster than this car can? <laughs> that was, it was good, though. But then they, you know, they do their thing, and then they're heading out to the country. They're heading, like, probably up to upstate New York, because this whole thing takes place in Manhattan, so, yeah, they're going to upstate New York, it looks like. And that whole scene was great. I love the paragliding scene. I thought that was awesome. I did. It makes me want to go paragliding. Me too. I'm like, oh man, I, I hear I want to go skydiving again, but maybe I should do paragliding because look, you just stay up there longer. Yeah. No, it lo- see the view. It looks like a bunch of fun. It's a great moment for, uh, for both of them because I but, guess Dell's a little bit afraid of heights. Yeah. 
And so he had also, before Dell comes back, he had also fired Yvonne, too. They kind of had a falling out. But Dell gets a hold of her, and it turns out Yvonne, you know, has liked Phil all this time, too. He gets her, you know, they're at this, like, lodge up upstate New York, and he plans it that she comes in, and, you know, they just, at the end of the movie, you know, they're just enjoying themselves, talking, having lunch or something, I don't know, just enjoying themselves. Yeah, yeah it's so a, it ends up being, you know, happy little ending, but I enjoyed that, though. I thought it was a really good ending. And the, the, again, the paragliding stuff was awesome. No, it was, and it does, it's a nice way funny. to tie the movie, um, you know, tie the movie up. And, I mean, as far as, like, how their chemistry, like, how, like, she seems to like Phil, they don't, they allude it to a little bit, but there's not really a ton in the movie that makes it seem like she... She keeps it pretty business, like... Yeah. I'm his executive, his secretary. Like. Yeah, but I think it, they did give you enough there that it would make sense how it ends up at the end. I think maybe a few more scenes of how, she, like, to like kind of connect the dots to how much she actually cares for him. I, I, I thought it was a perfectly great, a good way to end the movie. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I guess my overall thoughts, uh, should we go into grades here? Yeah. Uh, quick thing of trivia before we do that. So, Chris Tucker, Jamie Foxx. Um, Chris Rock and Idris Elda were all considered for the role of Dell. All right, I could see a couple of those working. I don't really see Idris Elba, like a may- maybe if they're going straight drama. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I I could see Chris Rock maybe. God, I haven't even seen that guy in forever. I could see Chris Rock, maybe Chris Tucker, but I haven't seen that guy longer than Chris Rock. Yeah, for some reason I can't picture Jamie Foxx in the role. I don't know why. He's a good actor, but I just can't picture him the role. I thought Kevin Hart was good, though. And Jessica Chastain and Michelle Williams were considered for the Yvonne part. Okay. And I actually... I could I could see Jessica Chastain in that role. I could see that. Yeah, but I think... Uh, who who played Yvonne? Yvonne? Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Okay. Yeah, I think she did a great job in that role. Yeah, I think so, too. So, yeah. I think it was really well cast. That was just a little bit of trivia there. If I had to grade this out... I don't know. I'm kind of between the... B, B minus, like it's right there, like it's a good movie, it's not amazing or great, but it's definitely watchable and likable. I just don't know how much of a rewatch it's going to have, but uh, I guess I'll, I'll give it a solid B. Not to copy you, but I am going to copy your homework and I'm going to give it a solid B as well. Like I said towards the beginning, like it just checks off all the boxes, like it's a perfectly fine, perfectly watchable movie. I don't think you anybody will... I don't know. Like, I don't think anyone uh, will not enjoy themselves in the theaters. But at the same time, yeah, rewatchability. I don't think I'm gonna really watch this again. Like, it's kind of like it. It was a nice time, but it's kind of gonna be forgotten. But yeah, I don't know. Go see it. Yeah, I would still say it's worth checking out. I mean, all that's playing right now is you got a lot of awkward. If can't talk, let me start over. I would say it's worth checking out in theaters. I mean, it's this and Oscar stuff going on right now. Yeah, I know. There's not a lot out yet. There's a few things coming, but they're not here yeah. yet. Yeah, it's just the it's the time of year where you get caught up on all the stuff that came out late 2018 because they just crammed a lot down our throats at the very last month. So yeah, it's catch up time a little bit here. Still made you know good money at the box office. It was number one and knocked Aquaman out of the number one spot. Well, wow, that's that's pretty crazy to me. But I didn't think a lot of people were gonna go see this. But I think people still like Kevin Hart, and I think a lot of people still love Brian Cranston. So. Yeah, I think so. I think that's about it for this week. Yeah, so I think our ne- our next episode will be talking the new M Night M Night Shyamalan yeah, M Night Shyamalan movie, 
Glass, which I have to do some homework for. I need to see Unbreakable because I haven't watched that in years. And I need to see Split again, kind of do some homework to get ready for it. But yeah, Talking Glass next time. So and now I got a few movies to catch up on too because I haven't seen either of those. I haven't seen Split or Unbreakable. I'll check them out. And yeah, check out some Buster Scrubs. We'll talk that. To Scruggs. I keep saying Scruggs. Scrubs. It's Scruggs, Jordan. Scruggs. check that out and we'll talk that later on too but yeah why don't you let everybody know where they can find us all right well everybody you can find us online at instagram and twitter movies underscore brews hit us up let you know what you think of the upside and let us know what you want us to cover next and what you're looking forward to in 2019 and yeah we'll talk to you soon yeah and let your friends know all about us as well until next time this has been movies and brews cheers cheers (laughs) 